Hey guys, welcome to another episode of After the Whistle. <laughs> Be clapping now, cuz. <laughs> Alright, so I'm here with my co-host Donald and Cyril. Hi guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode where we talked a bit about an ATW favorite. That's Romelu Lukaku and Zaha's the heat Zaha has been getting since he switched to the Ivory Coast. To the Ivory Coast, yeah. as well as a bit on a the very interesting theory on football, the weakest link theory. So go check that out and then stay for this one as well. So what are we talking about today, sir? The NBA playoffs is almost around the corner. The regular season ends next week, so teams are either jostling for their, their preferred position in their conferences. The Cavs are surprisingly lost a couple of games. The Celtics have also lost a couple of games. It's looking like the Warriors are going to be the runaway number one seed in the West. They've already, they've yeah. already, I mean... It's very much settled. Durant is back. Deal so we're just going to talk NBA picture for a couple of minutes and then do a quick rapid-fire round, respond to some sports stories that have come out this week. And then Moose is going to, you know, throw us into the deep end when it's it comes to end. football stats. Okay. So NBA playoffs, guys. Um, no real surprise, though, right? <clears throat> really? I'm surprised that Thunder are the sixth seed in the West. What if you see how Russell has been playing again? Arguably for some, the MVP this season. His efforts, especially on the offensive end, has been impressive. He literally dragged a team that some would argue that was probably going to be well, in the bottom four. Very impressive. Yeah, bottom four to sixth seed. That's all Russell Westbrook right there. So, mm-hmm. good on them. As whether they, la- they make it past the first round, highly doubtful. But at least they get to play one playoff round. That's something. I just want them to stay there and play the Rockets. That's an impossible matchup. Cause but then there's talk of them not you know, really going far in the playoffs. If, no, if they are going to play this way, if they are going to continue playing yes, this way. Yes, I, I mean, it makes sense. Over-reliance on There's an over-reliance on one person. I mean, you shut them down. Mm-hmm. And you have because, to play defense in I mean, there are, even, there, yeah. there are even other teams that rely a bit on their star. Their star players, even but, though yeah. they don't rely on him as much as mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Okay, so you rely on Russell Westbrook. Yeah. When he's off, they when he has an off day, they struggle. I'm yeah. talking about the Celtics. Yeah. When Isaiah... <laughs> Honestly, when Isaiah doesn't score, yeah. listen, that team cannot score without Isaiah. It's terrible. Did you watch the last two games? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. terrible, man. I mean, you know, and that's where this team is- dynamics come into play. Because if if you looked at, nothing against Marcus Smart, but if you look at Marcus Smart, I mean, as a standalone guard, he is very defensive. His offensive game isn't polished, but he makes sense as a player and is a good player because you have someone like IT on your team. Yeah. But if you didn't have an IT and your guards were smart and Bradley, you would know that no, this team really isn't getting that much offensive scoring from their guards. It's gonna be an issue and especially when since IT IT tries on defense but he really isn't that much doesn't make that much of an impact. I'm- I mean, the point I was making is that getting to the end of the season, some teams are going to start testing out their playoff defenses. And it started to show because the Celtics have lost to two playoff-bound teams. Yeah. One that was actually is actually the top seed in the East, but was struggling. Like, mm-hmm. And they even lost the next game. They lost the next game to the Hawks. It means the Hawks have beaten the Celtics and the, even to the, Hawks and the bench, Cavs. Because they rested a bunch of their starters as well. They beat, they beat, they beat the Celtics and the Cavs, you know, so hey. 
Something's happening with the Celtics. I mean, again, the conversational is it actually a, a superstar player. I feel like this way he enters. This way he ends his paycheck. If he's able to carry the Celtics through the first round, it's going to then justify the team maxing him out. In my opinion, because. We're definitely going to need him scoring a whole lot of <laughs> buckets for us to make it through because our defensive rebound is non-existent, our offensive rebound. In a game where Kelly Olenek ends up being <laughs> leading the team in rebounds, that's so just... Then, that's, but he's the tallest guy on the team, so it makes sense. No, so, Olenek, Kelly, Kelly is no, yeah, Kelly, Kelly's Kelly is tall. Kelly is a tweener. Kelly is tall, but come on, man. You don't really like... See, there's all strength. You don't really so, really so like Kelly. Can you, you're, getting, you're getting a bit emotional <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> can you really blame managers for, like, in a team like that, the Celtics? Yeah. Can you blame a manager for solely playing to the strengths of his best player? No, but you have to. He has I mean, no I mean, choice. I mean choice. As, as we said, I mean, yeah. I guess we agreed that basketball is... A struggling sport. Play to your best yeah. player. So you have to play to your best player's strength. Not too much, but yeah. you still have to play to your best player's strength because you have to understand. I guess if if on average you know you have X number of possessions. I mean, there's a shot clock in basketball, so you can actually split the possessions down the line between both teams. So if you know you have X number of possessions, if you are given thirty percent of your possessions to one guy. I mean, you should expect that he's the best offensive player on your team. Yeah. You know, if you are putting... If you know the other team is also putting, like, 50% of their possessions in the hands of two guys, you should also play your best defensive five to when they are on the floor. To try. So, so in it this just part, works that okay. way. So, in this particular scenario, is it the same situation as OKC? Because... You can say that OKC, okay, they have better players. <laughs> but that's, but that's what Celtics actually play defense. But that's why I said in the beginning. I use the Celtics as a sort of kind of like OKC, mm. but not too much like OKC because they actually play team basketball. Yeah. Their problem is that he is a very big part of their offense. He's the only scorer 30 plus a game. Like, if he doesn't score, <laughs> you probably. Get what I'm so, if, if he doesn't score, <laughs> That's win. they fail to break like 90 points, uh, you yeah. know, 90 points in the game, mm. you know. So, man, they need him. They really do need that guy. But I, it's. It's fun. It's fun. Now. I don't we're know. Only, we're only about a week away from. I don't know why so Moose is sounding. I don't know why I'm sounding all doom and gloom about the Celtics. Because one, this is a team again that's supposed to be a rebuilding year. No, this is not a rebuilding year. This is not a rebuilding year. <laughs> because no, it how many expectations? How many rebuilding years do you want? <laughs> how long yes. has it been since the Celtics traded um, Kevin Garnett? No, relax. Look at Orlando. They are still rebuilding. How long has it been? Orlando is still rebuilding. Why is why is it different for us? What about the Lakers? Kevin Garnett and Pope, uh, what do you call it? Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to the mm-hmm. Nets. How long has it been? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's know. I mean, some people have had rebuilds that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Celtics have had a great rebuild. Exactly. You know. They, so let's celebrate in, that. Why should we celebrate no. that? You are the second. <laughs> if you're the second seed in the conference, you're a title contender. Again, plain and simple. No, you're already so you're already there, giving no, up on the title. There, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's, there's some do celebrate like <laughs> no, there's some revisionism. There's some revisionism going on here. This is a team with a player in IT that come into the season. Nobody actually trusted you're just ex- that he was going to be a superstar. Like he has now led the <laughs> team. You are explaining <laughs> why. The whole yeah. point is: Are they not the second seed in the East? They are. Yes, they are. But let me come. No, but. Are they not title contenders? 
Yes, they are. Because are they? if if as the second seed, you're not title contenders, then who is? Is it just What's so it just luck? the one seed? So just <laughs> the one seed, and then everybody else is useless. No, but yeah, you see, Moose, you be the first to admit as well that the deficiencies, the the glaring fall flaws every, in the Celtics team, has still shows. Even the Cavs have deficiencies. Yeah, but compared to the Celtics, come on, we have ours is you. you okay, so Moose, you're saying so a situation <laughs> I thought this was so a piece east. So you are saying that it's a situation of you will oh, rise again. Oh yeah, man. we are going to. Oh yeah, we are going to do it. And then when it turns out that that is not going to be the case, you know, but we rebuild. But well. we rebuild. Well, yes. <laughs> I feel every reasonable Celtic fan would just say this: we put ourselves in the best possible position. If the car somehow falters, if LeBron somehow collapses, and Jr. doesn't end up shooting well, and Crover has a bad playoff, and Kevin Love gets missing, that's well, a that's lot a of lot this yeah, that's <laughs> No, exactly. But you see, that's what it's. No, that's. For a team that just has one guy leading score in IT, mm. that's it. Every team has a leading score. No, but in terms of look at the rest of our roster, core Crowder. <laughs> Crowder is a decent <laughs> option in scoring, but come on, he's not the second best person on the team. You know this guy oh. waffle, certain <laughs> days he's, you know, certain <laughs> pride, and certain days he's not. But this, but that, but let's just. My point, mean, my point is the team and the, the Brad and Ange have done the has done the best possible. This thing they isn't could the do. ATW Celtics right. show. So let's move on. We're in the best position to capitalize when the other teams do badly. That's it. But when everybody's healthy, nobody was pointing at the Celtics to what to get to the finals. But we were the first one to get fifty wins. Why? We capitalize on other people falling short and making mistakes. So that's what it's going to take for the Celtics to get find the playoffs. Honestly, it's going to be take. Insane amount of what must watch history level games for us to make it to the finals, or other teams just capitulate and then we make it to the finals. And I'm okay with that. And I should be proud of my team. So, These moving are so on many to conditions for a team that's <laughs> second in their conference. Yeah. You're second in your conference. Are you trying to say only one seeds matter? All seeds matter. Hashtag all, all seeds matter. All seeds matter. <laughs> That's, that should be a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, come on. I, like, what you know, like, let's go to the West, though. The same thing. The same thing could be said about the Rockets because people really didn't give them a chance coming in, and they're the number three seed. You know, same thing could be said about the Thunder. Are we really so, expecting the Rockets to make it to the finals and win? Not make it to the finals and win, but they are in a very strong position. And the thing is, on their day, they will take you. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying with the but Celtics. That's why, on that's our why day, as want well. to be in the. That's why American sports <laughs> on are, our day. That's why American really sports are so great. great. <laughs> that's why American sports are so great because they don't give a title to the team with the best record. Look at you being so season. understanding for the Rockets. We, we go to the playoffs and then you still have to play all for Watch it. Everyone, everyone that qualifies yeah. has to play, and sometimes it's the guy that snuck in. Yeah. It, that, it never really happens But yeah. I mean You never know Injuries Whatever So long as you're in it You have a chance You play for it Or you know You're, you're allowed through the door you And it's playoffs Like the game slows down Plays matter more And coaches The influence they have On the touchline Also influences the game So hopefully Stevens actually steps up And you know Delivers a coaching masterclass But yeah mm, So we pretty much have Like four games left Some teams have Four games left should we talk about the Western? Since we're on the Western Conference, yeah, we're on the Western Conference. The Lakers, how amazing! You guys have won three, three on a row. That's just yeah. so freaking impressive, isn't it, Moose? Oh yeah, it is. It is impressive. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Is I there mean, is there down. is there any detriment to the Laker Nation for you guys winning games at this point so late in, in the season? <laughs> Sorry, I, I feel like, like leading up to something. No, but <laughs> I mean, everybody has what they're playing for. I mm-hmm. feel like 
What are the latest players? If you listen, if you listen, if you listen to Genie <laughs> Bus's comments, yeah, right now it just seems like even if they lose the pick, oh, they, they already get, yeah. A, no, a, her her comments season. her comments were that you know what's funny. I think two years ago she Break said she expects the Lakers to, to be, be contending, contending in yeah. the next yeah, five yeah, years, yeah, 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 yeah. and right now she's she just came out to say next year, yeah, next year. if the Lakers don't have a superstar, it will break her heart. Yeah. I feel like she's showed her hand a bit. As like He's the like, controlling yeah, like, owner of the team, because now so Paul George, right? Because no, you're forgetting Blake Griffin is available this year. You guys will really go for Blake and bank on him as your superstar for the next season. No, but I'm not saying we will. What I'm saying is, when she says something like that, she just means you realize that he becomes an option because he's already in LA. He's enjoying himself in LA. He has like he's he's been doing movies. He's been doing TV stuff. So he still he would still want to stay in LA. So yeah. there's so much incentive for someone like someone that's how I feel like she showed her hand, because what happens is if you're not prepared, if you feel like fine, even if we miss the pick, he we can get him in free agency. We just throw money at him, he'll come. But isn't I mean again it, it kind of it's kind of weird for non basketball watchers, but teams who have incentives to play badly, especially as they have a better chance of getting the yeah. top oh, player. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you want us to explain? Not explain per se, but it's kind of, I, I feel like for some Lakers fans and just me watching the league, it's kind of interesting how the Lakers play badly for a, a long stretch in the season. And, just, just and now you have to just keep on losing games to but have a shot at the number one. Let me make a point. Especially as your, your pick is protected as well. Let me make, let me make a point Sorry, to I'm protected you. with the Sixers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's top three protected. So yeah. let, me, let me make a point to you. You see, the thing about the Lakers season has been so weird and people have tried second guess because management is there, is there won't come out. to the madness? That's what I'm asking. And that's what I'm trying to explain as someone who's been mm-hmm. watching them for a while. You know, in shutting down, I mean, they shut down Mozgov and Deng, who are their oldest players. Also shut down Young, though. He hasn't shut down Young, the last two but, years, I don't think. Yeah, and they moved their best offensive player as far as stats goes, like yeah, their highest yeah. scorer, which was yeah. Lou Williams, to the Rockets. Yeah. But what happens is you, you, you realize that I mean, the older players they shut down weren't really contributing as well as people thought they were. Maybe it was about them being like um, veteran presence, experienced players per se, but they weren't really playing great, you know. And I, I, I as well felt that, I mean, they started the season, I think, 10 and 10 or something, something of the sort. So which means they were playing well. My problem was that when it seemed like they were tanking, Tanking takes a psychological toll on you. Are you now going to tell your players to not play defensive schemes? Are you now not going to teach them stuff? Because if you want to be good the next year, you have to teach them stuff that they are going to use. And sometimes when they use it and they get it right, they are going to win. And the thing is, I've always felt, how do you have a tanking conversation with your players as a coach? You, you, you can't have it. I don't think... I think it's... Nobody ever really admits to it. And... The truth of the matter is the players want to win. Players do not like to lose. Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's it. And this is a young team and they care. And you know the players talk. They care about losing to teams in and around them because yeah. they're, they're guys who want to play. So I guess what's happened is he's used it as an opportunity to give playing time to his young guys. And what's happened is a lot of them have stepped up. It was in a tanking year. It was in a very bad year, so to speak, that Jordan Clarkson emerged. Because I think the second half of the season, he was averaging the 16 points a game. That's how, you know, he also came to the fore as a viable option. And he's been able to stay on the team and, 
win himself a contract. So I feel like that's what's happening. You played your young players, expecting them to be in the fire. But it turns out that some of them are actually really good and they're improving and they're stealing some wins for you. Because the thing about... I watched the Kings game. It was a terrible game. See, the Lakers didn't beat the Kings. The Kings lost to the Lakers. The (laughs) The Kings were just worse... That the Lakers, that's what happened because it was a terror. It was a, it wasn't really one for the ages, so to speak. So I guess it's a weird place to be in. But it, it, if we're going to, if we're going to second guess what the Lakers want to do, I feel like, I guess they put themselves in a position where even if we lose the pick, we are going to chase a free agent. I mean, the assistant GM was also sacked. Like, uh, Mitch Mitch Kupchak was kicked out. The assistant GM has also been kicked out. So you realize that now. As far as the general manager's office, is new blood. They're doing new stuff. So I feel like they have contingencies because it would be nice to get a top three pick and turn it into one of, you know, the next Lonzo, Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz. I feel like if the Lakers got the number three pick, this is just this is just me spitballing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would, no, they would wrap it up and throw it at uh, with one of their young guys and throw it at um, Indiana for Paul George. That's what they would do. But if they get a player like a uh, Fultz or Ball, they keep. Him. They would want to keep him, you know. So I you, feel like they have they do their best to be in a position to drop those two. No, but you know, you know, you know, there have been times when the team with like the sixth best record got the number one pick. It happened. You it's can't so, really. It's so. You can it's have so the worst. The you can have the, the worst record in the end. NBA and yeah. still get the fifth pick. Yeah. So the thing is, you just have to say, "Hey, we are bad." we are not going to like hit the bottom and become the worst. We know we're amongst the bad teams. We know we have a shot. Now let's just play how we want to play because right now it's out of our hands. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's ping pong balls, you know. If, if your ball gets picked, hey, I mean, we could have ended up with the 10th best record in the NBA and still got the number one pick. So you just have to block that out of your mind and then have plans whichever way it goes. If it goes this way, this is what we're going to do. If it goes that way, this is what we're going to do because... I feel like losing the pick isn't isn't the end of the world because new management, I guess, they know what they're trying to do. So we'll see what happens. We'll definitely have a clear picture next time we record. So we're definitely going to delve into our playoff predictions. Just look around and see see what's up. Uh, But it's been a busy week in terms of sports this week. There's been a bunch of headlines that has caught our attention and we're just going to react to a couple of them in our rapid fire round. So Black Stars, new coach, on his second stint, I could see up here. <laughs> what are the realistic expectations <clears throat> we have for him? Because personally speaking, I'm not too confident about the next World Cup. If we do qualify, <laughs> it would be a surprise, and I'll take a first round exit. It's um, not. It's not. It's not fair to because I mean he comes into a team that's already not in a great position exactly. to qualify that's, for that's, the World that's Cup. That's so that's not on him. Yeah, that's, that's not, not him, on him. Yeah. That's why I ask realistic targets because I feel like some people have. And we did speak about this in the first episode where I said we should just find someone we can afford, and someone who's good. And, and my thing maybe with Chris, the, maybe the GFA can afford. Yeah, they Chris they Apia. can afford Quesia Pierre exactly, yeah. and he's somebody who yeah, they feel is right at the time yeah. because yeah. it doesn't he's seem been like a, he knows the system, he knows some of the yeah. players. I feel like he's been given quite a bit of unfair criticism because people seem to think he is not that tactically astute and he's he doesn't really know what he's doing. That was but, actually one of the but, main accusations. Like but he no, but you see, he does. Maybe sometimes when he speaks, he gives he gives off. 
he gives some stuff away that people run with and make it seem like because I've read certain interviews with um you know managers who've played against him, especially you know as far as German pundits during the World Cup, the two two draw. And they read into some of the choices he made as far as players, as far as how he set up to play. And as far as they were concerned, he came to counter their game and he played a really good game, you know. And Cannot be said for other games, though. <laughs> no, no, that can be said, but if that can be said for some of the are bigger you, games, it shows that he's being... He's, Around here, he's been unfairly criticized as I feel someone like who Donald doesn't is know probably what he's doing. arguing that the broken clock is what correct twice in the day. Maybe he just got lucky. <laughs> there are too many bro- there are too many moving parts <laughs> for, for it, it to, to be, be a random, broken for it to enough. be a random event. You understand? There are too many moving parts for it to be that way. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's I, it's an unfair criticism. He knows he knows what he's doing. Maybe he's not the flashiest name, but now I feel like the team isn't at a point where we we sort of have a golden generation where we feel like we, are, we need to bring well, in a heavy hitter. We are hitter. far from that. We are far from that. So from that. someone we already know, someone yeah. who already knows yeah. the terrain as yeah. as not to like not to insult him, but you know to usher in a transition yes, to a new team. You can imagine what bringing a new person would 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 mean. Yeah, because if because you bring you in an ex- a, a big that, expensive yeah. manager and expectations. Oh, I actually don't well. have a lot to work with. To here. work with, so you what know, am I doing? Going to walk up and then it's like everyone is expecting. And you know, Ghanaians. And he also brings his assistants who exactly. say who ever stay in the hotel. <laughs> no, so in terms of expectations that the ATW team has for him on the second yeah. stint, we are just expecting him to try try hard, get the boys playing, and we are looking forward to the next World Cup. I think he should play to his team strengths. So we're, we're looking for we're looking forward to yeah realistically yeah, should be the realistic. next African Cup because and the next World Cup. If we qualify for this World Cup, it'll be nothing short of a small miracle. Okay, yeah. to be honest. So okay, credit to him. But I like I like the choice. Okay, so I've always been a Kwesi Apia fan, so that doesn't. We'll start judging him when the next album comes around. Then <laughs> we're giving him a free pass. This World Cup qualifiers. Uh, another story, one that we've discussed a bit in private. Uh, the BBC ran a story on how betting in Uganda is a pretty big deal in terms of what the negative impact it has on the youth. People are now looking at it as a legitimate source of income. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, gambling is addictive. Mm-hmm. If you look around Accra, there's been a bunch of betting houses, there stores. There's a lot of betting houses soccer, coming up. I feel like every third street, there's a soccer bet. <laughs> every corner now. Exactly. Yeah. Is this something that we should be looking to get a hold no, of as a society? It's because it's... it feels very unregulated as well. Oh, it's regulated. It's regulated. And well regulated as in yeah, they're probably paying their taxes. The offices are We have a yeah, we have a games commission that But in, t- but in terms of educating the society about the awareness when it comes to gambling because I feel like most people just mm, what kind what kind of awareness? People you... should understand that hey it's an addictive behavior. You, you might end up spending much more money than you have or want to because that's just a, because you are chasing that rush. Because I think that it's very easy for young kids to actually start. It's, it's a good point, but it will not be in the interest of the betting houses no, to no, say exactly. that. No, exactly. It's sort I... of like, it's sort of like um, um, cigarettes. They were pushed to the wall before they put... No, exactly. Why warn your customers? Is, yeah. Smoking is harmful yeah. to your health. This is the best we can do for you. But if you want to smoke, smoke a cigarette. You know. So I guess if you're going to warn them about it being such addictive behavior, that w- that should come from you know a group of people who actually care enough to speak about it. Because this is pure capitalism. You know, it's there's countries where it's illegal. 
Mm-hmm. It's legal here. They realize they have a market here. They have come here and they're here to make money. Quick question. Has anybody doubled in betting? Nope. No. Is it because you're just not interested, morally yeah, yeah, opposed? I, that does okay. it for me. I, like, for me, there's no interest there. So I feel like, like I understand the odds too well, and I know how. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, I have played, like, I'll play the odd bet here and there, but then, again, like Moose just pointed, the odds. Mm. It's a very complicated system that companies yeah. are running when picking out the odds. So, unless you have the time to actually sit down to also yeah. try to legitimately game the system, you probably shouldn't be sinking that much money. <laughs> into something that might just be on your end, random chance or luck, because yeah. people are spending time, energy and resources to make sure that they always come out on top yeah, when it true. comes to the best place. And I feel like the average person doesn't understand that. They just see the numbers and think this looks good. This looks like see, easy money. But if you're looking at it from such a moralistic standpoint, you have to understand that gambling and betting shops per se, they are really just attacks on the poor. You know, they target the poor. They're not here for the rich people. Yeah. The, it's very well known that they stick gambling shops in the poorer neighborhoods. They stick gambling shops in the slums. They stick gambling shops in places where there's lots of people who don't really have lots of money. Sell because them hope. Yeah, because you see, poor people have hope. Poor people have jackpot mentalities. A poorer man would want to turn his last 100 CDs into a million. Yeah. You understand? A rich man will be okay with a slower, more, you know... Stable. More <laughs> stable investment. That's the word, stable investment that gives them, you know, tiny returns. As long as his money is still there. So it's poor people who have this jackpot mentality. So yes, they are targeting these people. That's their business model. If you tell them it's legal, they will come into your country and say, hey, you understand? And once in a while, someone's going to make a lot of money. They'll put that person's face everywhere to give you the hope that you could also make that much money. They take all your money, give a bit of it to the winner, and then keep all of it. That's what it is. So it's not in their interest to turn you away. If you if you feel like, I'm not speaking for them, but so long as you tell them it's legal for them to operate, they're going to be in your country to operate. Yeah. And that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. So if certain groups of people feel like it's a scourge and it's something that they have to do something about, they have every right to... Uh, I want. I think saying a scourge is a bit too strong. These are adults making... These adult are adults adult making yeah. adult decisions. But just that all the information should be presented that, hey guys, if you want to do this, do understand the risk. Yeah, the risk involved in terms of what mm-hmm. your own financial stability and also the emotional wreck you could end up being if you end up spending this much on trying to score or trying to get Aguero to score a hat trick. That would be the day he probably gets up in the first minute when you anyway, do. Anyway, shout out to Kwame Aflo. Hope he's sure. Yeah, Kwame. But <laughs> I think he won 900-something thousand. That, yep. that was that was that's a, huge. That's, that's, a, a yeah. that's a dream. But one thing, one thing, people, but one thing like people, no, but that's that why that's 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 why they put his face everywhere. He's now like a mascot. I thought about it for a sec. I was like, I could be it could be me. I could be Kwame. You could be Kwame. Yeah, oh, but one thing people don't notice is that like your winnings are taxed. Yeah, heavily taxed. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, and they I think taxed. a lot of people were saying that you know, like, why did people make it public? Like, why were they trying to show? I think it's no. Exactly I think it's it in it's it's in the contract. It's in the it? contract that if you are the big winner, we have the right to use you for promotional activities. Mm. These, I mean, these things happen in other countries. So definitely. I mean, in taking the bet, you're also signing off the fact that you're going to be used as a mascot for their activities. And, I mean, if if you won, 
a million Ghana cities and they said, hey, we are going to interview you a few times and use you, but you have to do the interviews before you get your yeah. money. Are you going to say you're not going to no, do those interviews? Do, you are going to yeah. do those interviews. So. That dollar's going to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to walk away from a million dollars because you don't want people to see your face. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, yeah, but credit to him. He won a ton of money. I just hope he spends it wisely. Yeah. Uh, another story that came across the ACW desk, um, is that, this was a CNN report, actually. Uh, I hope I don't butcher this name. Sponello Quilla, South African, he ventured into the rough waters as a child. That's what the story said. Uh, he picked up kayaking, and he's now a, a world-class kayaker. Again, a sport that, from an African context view, and it's like, oh, that's something we just don't do. When you look across the the sports allowed in the Olympic Games, we seem to severely limit ourselves to a very, very because we sleep on sports and gun like in, in the, I mean, like in this part of just to make a quick yeah argument in defense the argument the the, the explanation Lack that of infrastructure infrastructure and resources exactly. and some of being idealists idea, some of these sports are very expensive they are resource no, intensive they are very expensive like swimming you need they are very resource you need intensive. an entire you know, you need Olympi- if Olympic. You want, size if you want pool. to develop swimmers, you need Olympic size pool. There has to be competitions run regularly for people there to swim. You know, if you want to learn how to play rugby, if there are no rugby pitches for you to play, because funny enough, but, even in even the United States have an infrastructural problem with soccer, and that's why for some people soccer hasn't taken off. Because for them, growing up, soccer was to them a pay-to-play sport. It was the rich kids. Who had access? Who to had it. access to it? That's Back why when basketball was a big deal. <laughs> that's why basketball is more accessible because I mean, concrete floor. Pick all you need, ball. all you need is to gate it off, but put up, put hoop. up the hoops, and then you know, okay, half so, court. So, you really need a half no, court. No, but so what about the sports that we are able to like do? I, like, don't you know, require such? Like you're saying, it's, it's expensive to. Handle swimming and building a big pool, Olympic size, whatever. Basketball. Everyone is playing basketball in Ghana, but I don't see a lot happening. We could also be disadvantaged when it comes to, to give size. people a lot of opportunities beyond, you know, hood balling. Is that hood balling? <laughs> yeah, but, but beyond yeah, hood balling, beyond sports. There's a lot ball. of talent just <laughs> wasting away because there are no opportunities. Wasting away? Yeah, I mean, a lot no, of guys, there are a lot of guys that know who are very good play basketball. No, but and then, you're also assuming you're you know, also assuming it just that because, it ends somewhere. You're also assuming that because I mean, not to be, not to be cruel to them, but you're also assuming <laughs> that because you thought they were good, no, 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 good enough, no, no, for the top level. But if, but if Donald, <laughs> if um, no, most. It's not a case of. Do they if want to I be professional? Do they want? Do they want to be professionals? Yeah, I, yeah, if they, they wanted want to, to be professionals, they would understand the terrain and understand what they need to do. Because I don't think no, but they then, have been. No, I don't so are think you saying that? Are you saying? Are you saying we can't do anything to at least help like people who are interested? Like give we them have an opportunity. Do we have a league. That's what. That, those are the things I'm talking about. If yeah, we start, so if we if start we, from somewhere. Yeah. So if we want a league, yeah. how are we going to play the league games? Do we have enough courts to play the league games in? Yeah. That's that's, that's the whole so argument. it's still because it's I still mean, infrastructure you can no, the thing the about basketball is you can play a pickup game in a court but if you want people to come and sit and watch that's a stadium and that's also expensive I mean we have football stadiums but we don't have we do have a basketball. couple of when we build one Olympic multi complex stadium Cape Cruz yeah we built that right it has tennis courts and everything if I remember rightly 
We could just have everybody go to Cape Coast on a weekend <laughs> to watch so a every, So everybody, everybody, we can no, do but, that. Okay, everybody so, plays their game. So the question exactly. I want to ask now is that are all opportunities like it has to be infrastructure inten- based? No, like, yes. Is it just infrastructure based? Yes. Yes, it's infrastructure, but it also has to be intentional effort to some degree. It's, it's, and nation has to allocate resources to be like, hey, we want to invest money in promoting this sport. Exactly. Investing in these sets of athletes, and we seem to do a bad job of that. Okay, because I'll let me make a point to you. Let me make a point to you, Donald. Even football, which is our dearest sport, which is the sport with the greatest participation, which everybody will willingly allow, agree to spend a shit ton of money on, <laughs> in terms of improving. It's only a few people that make it through to be big time professionals, and that's the truth. We have a football league. We have different tiers of a football league. But, I mean, do we have that many people actually making full-time careers out of football as compared to the rest of the population? No, we don't. Yeah, because there are reasons why. No, there are reasons why. But what I'm saying is, if even the sport with the greatest participation yeah, isn't so the, great, yeah, exactly, yeah. what should that yeah. tell you about because the other sports? With, with the Olympics, right, there, there was a girl... Who was Afro, um, what is the swimming thing? No, weightlifting. Oh, the Hungarian chick? No, 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 no. She, she, she was Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. And she had to train by herself at home. Like in the back of her, at the back of her house. With improvised, you know, weight, like, weights, like... Concrete. And yeah, concrete, like... <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. she has no support from, you know, anybody. She just trains by herself, gets herself ready, and goes... And that's just, like... Total, but and that's the typical lack of infrastructure story. But so many is it? Most is it? I agree. The lack of infrastructure is glaring. Yeah, but then I feel like there's a level like and that and I guess I, I guess maybe what Donald is advocating for is if an athlete has shown enough initiative on their own, maybe you can like can we meet some support the Olympic you Committee can actually can we meet support that Let, athlete. Listen, um. Buy her some weights. Like even yeah, set no, up in like, Listen, we had a, the least we had we could do was give her a gym subscription. We had Come swimmers. On. We had swimmers. Yeah. Right. Who are who, not from Ghana? No. Who made it? No. I mean, <laughs> right now that's 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 how sport has become. They rep. Yeah, yeah. They rep. They rep the country. So. We have <laughs> swimmers, right? Whose parents were paying for them to go to events? Yeah. Not the swimming federation. Mm-hmm. Their parents mm-hmm. had to foot the bills for them to actually go. And qualify at event. No, that just tells you something. Yeah, you know, there isn't. That. We I have to be like, honest with ourselves here. I just feel like there are certain things. Like that's the least thing that we can do. You understand me? I feel like yeah, fine. Let's be honest. There are certain things that we cannot do, or we might need help. Fine, we can't do that. What is the least thing we can do to help this individual? So this is the, this is you sending an open letter. <laughs> to the sports minister, so to speak. Dear sports more, minister, you should do more for others. This sports. is more like smoke signals. He's standing on top of a hill <laughs> with a blanket. Just yeah, but then I mean, well, but hey, it is what it is, man. Really, you just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> His signal has been sent. <laughs> He left it to no, the universe. I, well, I thought you were passionate about it. All of a sudden, you were yeah, just no, telling me it I, just I am passionate about it. I just feel like you know, if someone is going to represent the, the country. Lifting weights. The least you could do is pay for a gym membership or, you know, buy her some weights. Set her up in the gym. And you know, uh, yeah, I feel least. like that's the least you could do. Or 
That's so expensive. I, no, yeah, I feel like that's the first step. Yeah. This athlete has shown initiative, has shown desire. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to help her or him. Yeah, if you say that, yeah, the infrastructure for swimming is expensive and all that, fine. Are there other like sports that we can invest in to encourage people to go? You into? could take it upon yourself. You could have paid. You could have paid her gym membership, Donna. <laughs> you think, could have been a sponsor. I don't think GCR pays <laughs> enough <laughs> to go around sponsoring, man. Yeah, anyway, mm. okay. So our final, the final uh, news item that came back that's on our rapid fire list has to do with a certain Russell Westbrook. Uh, this has generated some conversation. Why among, not? <laughs> this has generated intense conversation <laughs> among the ATW team. Uh, it has to do with the issue of stat padding. I guess generally we are asking, is stat padding bad? Is it bad if a player during a game is looking to improve his record? Because the argument is that he's doing his job and trying to do it well. But then there's also an argument that how much of that hampers the team? Is he selfish? Yeah. When does individual glory negatively affect the team? That's when people tend to frown on stats pattern. Well, the thing about Russell is you 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 are sta- trying to Yes or no, is he stat padding moves? Oh he's definitely stat padding. Okay. He's definitely stat padding. And but he's been stat padding to a point where the team has been Belt. engineered. <laughs> To benefit the most from when he starts, but why do I say this? My point is, I mean, as far as a point guard, you know, your easiest, the easiest stats in your triple-double are going to be assistant points. Exactly. You know, you're expected to get assistant points. I guess Russell leads the NBA in uncontested defensive rebounds. And uncontested defensive rebounds just means that when your team has a rebound, the rest of the up. players just leave it to you. They let you have it. Yeah. But there's also enough to suggest that it's by design that they let him have the rebound because then they can push the pace. It's the same thing with James Harden. They let him have the rebound because now it doesn't have to go into someone else's hands. Before. Now go to his yeah. hands. Yeah. And then now that man has to beat him to get ahead of the play. They yeah. want him to push. They want him to get the rebound. And then, you know, uh, push the transition quickly. There are very few players better in transition than Russell. With and Russell with the ball, you could even try double-teaming him. He's going to find a way through. He's going through. to find a way through you straight to the hoop. Yeah. You know, as soon as he picks a head of steam, just get out of the way. <laughs> just so, clear. So, I guess it's reached a point where it helps the team. So, that's why they allow him to do it. Yeah. And he's also a really good player. Yeah. There are... You know, whispers to suggest that maybe his style of play isn't bringing the best out of his teammates and helping them develop as well as they should. And we will we'll honestly never know that, you know, because we only, we, we only see them play how Russell plays. He hasn't been injured all season. He's pretty much played every game. So this is what we are going to see. Yeah. The same thing's been said about um, James Harden, you know, to suggest that he has better teammates, but I feel like at the beginning of the season, if you compared both their teammates, you'd feel that you would you would think that Russell had the better teammate. Yeah. But now everybody is feeling as if everybody is jumping on this chorus that James Harden has the better teammate. So 
I think it's firmly in James's corner that he is the player who's making everybody else look everybody look else look better. Yeah, yeah. I guess Russell's thing is everybody else is making him look better. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to score as soon as there's trouble. Okay, you can have it. He's a I'm take trying to score <laughs> as soon as there's trouble. You can have it. You know, anybody else getting in on the action is an afterthought. Yeah. The main thought is, you know. I take everything. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, he's bad Kobe-ing. You know, there was good Kobe <laughs> and then there was bad Kobe. Yeah. He's bad Kobe-ing the, um, the Thunder. That's why I said at the beginning of the season. But I guess the fact that they made it to the playoffs means he's not bad Kobe-ing them that much, but he's still bad Kobe-ing them a little bit if it's not helping the players develop. Because I think in Kobe's last season, you know, a lot of the young players said it felt like a tour. You know, it felt like Kobe the ball show. always had to be in Kobe's hands. So, how much developing can you m- make on the ball when you? you it feels like you're Kobe. just, you know, you're just, you're just you're a just bit player. You're just player. feeding it to you're one guy boxing. and just feeding off the scraps yeah. that he leaves you because these are people. But his teammates, I guess, his teammates are happy that he's taking most of the load. Mm. He he's he's someone with immense stamina and that's why he can do what he can do so it's just him playing to his strength and his team playing to his strength we'll never be able to see him play any other way I feel like that ship has sealed this is the type of player he has become now so this is the type of player he is going to be going forward so it'll be interesting OKC continues to play this way especially in the west where people are going to probably be a bit wiser to OKC probably come with more defensive He's hard, but you see, the thing is, he's also hard to stop. That's true. The That's only true. problem is, when he has a bad game, what's going to happen? There's nobody else to pick that up. When he has a bad game, what's going to happen? And even OKC's bench as well, when he's off, I mean, they get, he gets them a lead, 10 points, he sits down for like 2-3 minutes, when he comes back, they are 5 points behind, because there's nobody else there who has figured out how to run the offense to actually get points, because it's always Russell. But in his in his in his defense, mm. quite a few NBA teams operate like that. When their main, you know, when their main offensive scorer goes off, they tend to give up. But the difference shouldn't be so stark. The, the yes, yes, I guess need, I get it. His usage rate is high. I mean, he takes majority of the, what, his team's shots. It's it's borderline insane. And the only saving grace is that he's actually making them. Otherwise, he's just a couple of bad shot selection away from being. He's really just tanking. But that happened. But that happened to them in Briefly. the last game against yeah. against the Suns because, I mean, he couldn't score, and then the Suns put he was, he was about zero for six from from three at one time, yeah. and the Suns put one twenty on them, and they couldn't break a hundred. So I think they lost ninety nine to one twenty, or maybe they broke a hundred. But that's the risk right there. That's you see, that's the risk right there, and I mean, you lost to a Suns team that. Is very young and it's actively trying to tank. And it's actively trying to. So, so the point is, so now. So they'll be found wanting during the playoffs, but most likely. Yeah, and now you are matched up against the Rockets, which I feel is it's like, as a team, they are pretty much the Suns, taken to another level because they are also a team with tons of offensive firepower, especially on the bench. That's the Houston Mm -hmm. bench. Mm It's they, probably going to light up. They have smashed the three-point record and they're going to extend it. They are making threes from 
all over the court. I mean, they added Lou, and Lou is still firing. There was a game where I think Lou made eight three pointers. Like, come on! And Harden has been they are playing impressive. They are playing well. Mori ball. If you don't know what Mori ball is, it's what layups, threes, no That's long base. twos. Yep. Layups, threes. Dunks, layups, threes. Because that's how you affect the more effective shots. <laughs> Dunks, layup, threes. You that's how their GM wants them to play. Yeah. That's, those are the type of players they sign to play that style. And it's working great for them. So I just hope the seeds don't change. I want the first I want the first round to be, um, uh, what do you call it? OKC. Rockets. Rockets, OKC. And I also don't want the eight seed to change. I want it to be Golden State. Trailblazers because last year Dame I mean you only won you only won one game but all five games were shootouts. It was just two teams shooting the lights out. You know these guys have their young guards in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum who are like who are amongst the best, you know, scoring duos in the NBA. Like the one best shooters. Backcourts, yeah. One of the best shooters in the NBA. So it's just great to watch two great shooting teams just clash. Clash and then Shoot the lights out, you know, as opposed to watching maybe the Pacers versus the, Ra- <laughs> the Raptors. I mean, they are both good teams, but you know, their styles of playing it out <laughs> you know, is, is, is quite different. Attrition. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, a, there's a style to that. There's a, there's a method to how they also big play. So big yeah. men clash in the paint. Um, Can't wait for the playoffs, man. There are lots of. I just want the playoff picture to be just as it is right now. Everybody should just stay where they are. The seeds get done, and then we just go. But I guess some some teams will some teams will move because there could be some movement. There could, there's be, there could three, be a bit of movement. And we still have to live with that. But I guess the playoff picture looks great. Okay, so that wraps up the rapid fire round. Uh, launching into our next topic, Moose. Want to bring our listeners on board? Okay, so. For this episode, we are going to take a look at a, a very interesting statistic in football right now that I have taken a very great liking to, which is known as expected goals. Expected goals is just basically a method for estimating the quality of chances that a football team creates or concedes on the pitch. You know, I guess I feel it's it's common knowledge to think that when when two teams play, if you're gonna pick the team that was better, you really pick the team that was more positive and if someone says the team is more positive i feel like they were the team that was attacking more you know if it if if a match ends nil nil how would you donald who would you think was the better team Okay. No, if it, if a match ended nil nil, like any stat, which yeah, stat would I mean, you think? Yeah, you, you usually you would that was think the ultimate draw, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no, but then usually you would think the team that was more positive, like you said, had had more opportunities at goal. And how, how many of them were on target? And yeah, that's the exact, they exactly had, they that. unfairly lost the game. Yeah, exactly they that because not to not to not to like debase defense, but I mean you score goals to win games. It's goals that win you games. Yeah. If yeah. if you have a poor if you have a poor defense, but you win all your games, you win the championship. Leicester proved that they didn't. I think they led to like 50 plus goals. Yeah, they let in a lot of goals, but they were winning their games. So at scoring. the end of the day, you know, you have to. <laughs> it's, it's about winning your games as opposed to. I guess there are certain managers that believe that a lot. We have. It's happened in Dortmund. It's happened with. Thomas Schaaf's sides are usually like yeah. that. Score three, we'll score you four. Score four, we'll score but you five. But then it's also possible for a team to have. to be positive, have a lot of the possession and everything. But the other team would create more opportunities. 
more like clear-cut opportunities. The quality of the yes, quality of the shots. Ex- I, I'm, I'm very glad you mentioned that. So, I mean, we, we did talk about quality of shots. So, I just wanted to make the point that the team that's better mm-hmm. is the team that's creating more chances. So, the thing about expected goals, like I said, is you're estimating the quality of chances. So, what it does is it, um, it gives a value a percentage value to every chance created in a soccer game. So let's say if I pass the ball to you, Donald, and I pass it to you and there's no defender and it's an open net, you would expect that to be a greater chance of scoring than if you took the ball from maybe the halfway line and had to beat three men and then shoot it from 25 yards out. These are all two shots that... With the keeper in goal. With the keeper still in goal and with defenders in front of you. You understand? These are all two chances that you took as a striker. But I think you in front of the empty net is, it has a greater chance of scoring yeah. than, you know, the second one where there was more defense. You have to beat like five men to get through. Exactly. So, so what these people have done, and one of them being Michael Kelly, who's someone I follow on Twitter that everybody who really cares about this stuff should get into. They've taken a look at tons of shots over a very long period, I think the last five years, maybe longer, in the top five leagues, and looked at, you know, and they've created models that really don't account for everything, but account for stuff like, you know, how the shot was assisted, the location, whether it was a headed shot, whether it was with, you know, with their stronger foot, you know, whether it was assisted, whether it came from a cross, where if there were defenders... No, I don't think there's tracking data, so it it's, really doesn't count for... It's difficult to account for... It's difficult to account for The position for of defenders in relation to the goal. So that's yeah. one possible flaw of so, expected goal. Yeah, one of the model. flaws is that because there's no tracking data for footballers, you can't really use that. So he's taken all these shots and the ones that turned into goals and created, you know, um, an R-squared model, which shows good enough repeatability to show that he can quantify a chance in a football game. So what happens is, after the game is played... A chance at a position in a football game, because expected goals relies on the position the shot is taken at. Yes, it does It does rely on the position the shot is taken at. So so what happens is, at the end of the game, what he does is, he, he runs his model... And then he shows you what his, what do you call it, what his findings are. So you'd have maybe a match end, and then maybe let's say a match between t- Team A and Team B. Team A would have its cumulative. So if he added all the XGs of their shots, they would have maybe a 2.22. And then Team B would have maybe a cumulative XG of maybe 0.95. Not to say that means Team A would score two goals and Team B would score one goal, but it's it's suggesting that yeah. on average, Team A should have had two goals from you know the shot they took, yeah. and Team B should have had one goal from the shot they took. But it could just be anything. To give you an, to give you an example, if if we talk about games where you've seen a ten on its head. You you have games where a team plays really well and still loses. Yeah. And these are these are the kind of matches where you'd watch it. No, you'd see the highlights and say, ah, oh, this team lost. You know, and you, you still you just feel like, hey, this team lost to this team. But if you watch the game, it would be very different. Because like we said in the previous episode, like scoring in football is such a low 
like low events. I think a thing. lot of people feel that way about Chelsea's Champions <coughs> League victory over Barca. Barcelona. <laughs> oh no, that, it happens. That, it happens. That, no, that it's happened. Champions League. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think no, a lot does, of people feel that no. way about that. It does. It does happen yeah. a lot. I mean, if if you're a Liverpool supporter, I just I'll just take you back to the first game. Against Burnley, Burnley yeah. you know, like the Liverpool peppered their goal. Liverpool had all the shots. Burnley had two shots, two like they didn't have to, but they had two counter attacks. They were able to like find two yeah. goals, and then they just wrapped it up and then yeah. went home. You look at the score; it's a two, it's a two nil. Uh, Jurgen Klopp comes out and says, "Hey, my team was the better team today," and you think he's crazy, but you watch the match and you realize that hey, his team were unlucky. You know, yeah. so it 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 allows you to see how attacking one yeah. team was with respect to the yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, I guess by some people's estimations, Man United have been the unluckiest team mm. this season because there have been so many games where Man United have drawn where they should have won. I mean, there was the Burnley game. Awesome. There was the um, the Burnley game and the Stoke game stick stick in your mind. The team was also hit the woodwork. <clears throat> United also hit the woodwork the most times, I believe, this season. Pogba's also hitting... Pogba has, <laughs> like, dominates that woodwork. <laughs> he dominates he the dominates woodwork. The yeah, woodwork but I, I guess he should fix his shot locations then, you know. Yeah. Like, I always keep saying, like, get closer to goal and take a better shot. You don't always have to go... You don't always have to go for the screamer. I told you in the last episode, yeah. I'm not for screamers. If it goes in, it goes in, everybody's happy. A goal's a goal. If I scored a goal with the back of my head without even seeing it, I remember Ch- Chicharito scored a goal where he yeah, kicked the ball Stoke. against his face. <laughs> the ball hit his Retire face and then yeah. went in. It's still a goal, you know. You just, you just but that was to... probably a poor shot selection in that <laughs> space. That's not always going to work, work out. Yeah, yeah it's not always going to work out. But if it goes in, it goes in. Yeah. So you just want goals. And also for the XG model, uh, the more you play, the more shot a team takes. In fact, the model factors it in for the next round. So as the season progresses, that's right, Moose. As the season progresses, you get a clearer picture of a team's or chances. You, you do get a clearer picture of the team's chances and you're able to see the teams that are more attacking because if they are creating shots and they are creating good value shots and they are creating good shots on target you're going to see the XG numbers go up. So you see which teams are more attacking. Mm. You know, and, and expected goals also, in a certain way, can tell you which players are kind of overperforming or to a point finishing at a very high level. So because that's where regression to the mean will come in. If a player is scoring at a rate compared to their average, that's higher than normal. Then that's, then that's a good finisher because there are certain... You would say he would regress to the mean... And he's just going red hot. But some players stay red hot for a very long time. And that's when you know this is a special player. You have the likes of Lionel Messi. You have the likes of, you know, Sergio Aguero, maybe in the Premier League. You have maybe Harry Kane to an extent. I mean, he's been hot since he made it into the team and started scoring over Soldado. Soldado, that's a name. That's a name, yeah. We really have just scratched the surface looking at the advanced analytics in football. This is a topic that we definitely keem to explore a bit more. In our subsequent episodes, we are going to delve a bit more into other analytic well, concepts. Uh, there's a spectacle that we talked about. Uh, we mentioned shots, location, and selection. There's also a PDO that we can also mention. Stay excited, folks. Uh, ATW is going to get super analytical on you. Guys, any last words before we wrap up the episode? FPL has been terrible this year. Leave Lukaku alone. FPL. 
We didn't talk about Lukaku. Martin Kion yeah. said some F- <laughs> very not nice words about Lukaku. Bro. And I mean, on an ATW, you know we all love Lukaku. Bro, so we, are going to defend, we are going to defend him. And this just goes back to the stuff we talked about back in um, <laughs> episode, episode three, three with yeah. regards to how perception of, perception of black players. You know, I mean, <laughs> he wanted to make a point about him arguing with the teammate and Martin Kuhn went on to call him unintelligent. Yeah. I mean, come on, like, we're just not going to talk about it. He only said it because he's black, and this is just... Yeah. This just shows that we Fed are... Fed proof. Fed <laughs> proof of what we've been telling you on ATW. We are not crazy. These people say certain things. Ooh, the signs are there. The signs are, all, the signs are <laughs> always there. I really liked Martin Keon, but I feel like... Yeah. You know, it's a bit. It was a bit out of place for him to say that about him. I mean, players players argue with their teammates all the time. They all want to win, and they all their disagreements on the pitch. Yeah. Like Moose said, FPL has just been a disappointment this season. Uh, on the plus side, uh, F1 is back tomorrow, Sunday, so I'm excited about that. Guys, see you next week. Make sure to follow us GCRATW on Instagram, the Gold Coast Report. On Facebook as well, at the Gold Coast Reports. You want to send us an email? We enjoyed receiving your emails last time. We had a fun mailbag episode. That was episode 5 for those of you who missed it. The email address is after the whistle at thegoldcoastreport.com. If you enjoyed our episode, share with a friend, share with family, share on social media and tag us. We would love to get into the conversation. ATW. Don't know what that tagline Dominate the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a wrap, guys. <laughs> <laughs>